Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary Christmas things are gingerbread houses, blasting Christmas music, and the smell of pine needles. And a few of mine are Christmas picture books, hoping and praying for snow, and homemade cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Mm, We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary Christmas, too. Get comfy. Here we go. In this season, we have been unwrapping five gifts with one another and with you, our listeners. It's kind of like an Advent countdown calendar, and we have had a gift for each of the categories we include every month in our paper and string care package. There's been something to read, to listen, to taste, to grow, and gather. Each of these has been a sampling of the articles, music, recipes, artwork, spiritual practices, and more that we actually send out from the Black Barn each month to subscribers in our care package called Paper and String. And you can treat yourself if you want. Just follow the link in the show notes or go to outoftheordinarypodcast.com slash PS or just sit back, relax, and enjoy as we share a sample with you today. And this week, we have one final gift to unwrap together on the eve of the new year. And maybe it's a gift that's a bit of a surprise. It's the gift of gathering. I know, like somebody's laughing out there right now. <laughs> like, what? They're like, this wait, year? what? <laughs> Who's gathering? <laughs> I know people are gathering in different ways all throughout this past year. And looking ahead, we are still not sure what gathering is going to look like for everybody. We know some people have had smaller gatherings this year. In some places, it feels more like life is normal. And in other places, it feels like we're living on a different planet. We are Mm. all experiencing it differently. I know we have listeners from all over the world. So gather feels different for everybody. And you know, Christy, when I thought about this little door in our countdown calendar, this last small gift, as we say goodbye to 2020, there's a bit of an itch, right? Like under my skin, a sense of resentment as I think about 2020 and what it's Mm -hmm. done to us who love together, how this time of year, often we've actually been at your house in person. Either we've been there the day after Christmas or we've been there for New Year's. We've always gathered with you in person this time of year. So there's part of me that just chafes a little bit at this idea of like, erg, why is gather so different this year? But you know what it made me think about? So my daughter, Zoe, she's nine and a half, and she feels this way, this resentment toward one of our cars. I know you weren't expecting me to go there, but my (laughs) husband, because he's so kind and gracious, drives the, let's just say, like less enjoyable user experience type car in our family. I feel like every (laughs) family has one of those cars and his car is kind of small. It, as in Zoe's words, it smells funny is how she describes it. She also complains that in, if you're sitting in the back seat, you're crowded, you don't have a lot of leg room, the, there's no air circulation back here, I'm dying, is what she always tells us, no matter how we try to adjust the vents for her. 
In fact, one time, Peter, with this poor car, he happened to park at an angle a little bit behind where I was parked. And I did that thing where you back up and you aren't really paying attention because it's muscle memory as I swung out of our driveway and I crunched into the side of his car. And so he's like, it's not bad enough that my car already has all these issues. (laughs) Now it has this huge ding in the side caused by me. But the thing is, like, anytime we're going to take Zoe and she happens to have to go in Pete's car, immediately it opens the floodgate of complaints. She whines and she whinges. She rolls her eyes. She's snippy and snipey, which is really out of character for her because she is such an optimist, glass half full. The world is full of joy. More, more, more of everything. I love everybody. Like, she's such a classic Enneagram 7. Life is a party except if the party has to be in this car. And a couple of weeks back, we were standing in the bathroom doing our hair and she's brushing her hair while verbally just like vomiting out all of this complaint because she has found out that later as we take a little trip out to the store, we have to take her dad's car because he was using my car for some reason. And so she's brushing her hair and then just spewing out like all these reasons she hates this car. And I've heard them a million times before. We've had the car for years. The complaints are always the same. And I realized they had started to fill me with dread. Like, Anytime I have to go anywhere, if I have to use that car, I become anxious because my nine-year-old is about to have a little hissy fit about the car. (laughs) And as she was brushing her hair, I caught her eye in the mirror and I just said, listen, hey, Zoe, I need to talk to you about this car. I cannot continue to go through life dreading your reaction to this car. We are going to have to choose how we talk about it. So just know your complaints have been filed and received. I heard them many, many times in triplicate. I know you don't like this car, but I'm going to ask you now, can you look at this car a different way? Is there a way to be grateful for this car? Aren't you happy we have a second car? It has heat and air conditioning. They both work. It has seatbelts that are safe. It can fit you and your friends and all of your things. We can afford gas that goes in the car. I'm going to need you to love this car with me a little bit. And she paused And I think it really took her aback. She wasn't expecting to be challenged on it because she knows I don't like the car either. But I realized for the health of our souls, we had to find a different way to talk about the car. So Mm -hmm. the car, Christy, is 2020, okay? (laughs) Here we are after sitting in this car we do not like for the last Mm -hmm. year where the AC didn't reach us or it was too hot or it smelled funny, (laughs) This car is how we feel about this year. And I'm hoping on our last gift exercise of this year that has been difficult to travel in, that maybe we can just try to look at it a little bit differently, especially around this topic of gathering. Is there a way to do what I was asking Zoe to do and to look at the idea of gathering in 2020 and now heading into 2021, maybe with fresh eyes that aren't quite as critical as they have been in the past? Hmm, that's so, so helpful. And I don't think it's a Pollyanna endeavor. I don't no. think it's pretending, you know, it's not like a false kind of optimism that says, well, we can't just complain. So let's look on the bright side. Yes, it's, yes. it's not that. Because we are not those people. <laughs> no. <laughs> we like the dark side. <laughs> we do. Oh, Lisa Joe, we do. And by we, we I do. mean you. <laughs> I do. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. I do. 
No, that's right. I welcome the dark side. I welcome the sadder stories. So I I can, I, I love the stories. I can tell the stories. So this is not like a false kind of looking away from the truth in order to pretend like all is well when it isn't. And I know that because I'm living it. So our listeners know we've shared so many stories about all the gathering I love to do here at Maplehurst and here at the Black Barn. Um, I love to bring people together. I love to host gatherings. It can be hard work. Um, I don't love making grocery lists. I don't love, I'm not a good detail person, so it can be a bit stressful, you know, trying to keep track of the details, but I do love gathering. But the thing about having a, a place made for gathering, a place where you are practicing the art of gathering is that it It can become like a snowball rolling downhill in, in a good way, in a bad way. In a good way, it means that once you've done enough of it, it sort of just takes on a life of its own and it almost happens without you even having to begin or, or send an invitation even. So for instance, um, once you've gathered with certain friends over certain holidays for a certain number of years, when those holidays come back around, your friends assume you will gather again in, in your home. And I love that. It means that certain rhythms just happen without me having to force them to happen. But it also means that that snowball of gathering is rolling down the hill. And if I'm tired or I need a break or maybe other aspects of my life have become extra busy, extra full, and I have sort of less space for for planning the gatherings, it can feel like I don't, like I'm stuck, like I don't have the option, like I my gathering life has taken on a momentum of its own, and I, I can't slow it down. And I think that was happening for me before 2020, but I didn't even realize it, because again, I love to gather. <laughs> it's just what we do, and you don't question what you do. But 2020 has has given me this pause, hard in many ways, where I'm not gathering, where events I had on the calendar were canceled, where people I want to see now don't just drop by, and holidays that we always spent with certain people, this year we we didn't. And as hard as that is, it has also given me this, this gift of rest, a kind of pause on the momentum of gathering in my life. And what has happened has surprised me. So not only have have I rested, but all these memories of past gatherings have been bubbling up. I feel as if when gathering was this constant in my life, I was always looking ahead to the next gathering, right? Always planning for the next thing, always looking on the calendar for the next date, always making the grocery shopping list for the next party or the next thing, um, the next workshop in the barn maybe, but I'm not doing that right now. And instead, I'll be sitting in a chair by the fire, or I'll be reading a book, I'll set the book down, and all of a sudden, I'll be remembering a dinner party or you know, a 4th of July gathering. Or lately, I have been remembering one particular gathering. It was two years ago. It was almost exactly this time of year. And it was a 12th night party, dinner party, that I hosted with a few other friends here at Maplehurst, here in the home. And it was just epic. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it was hard in some ways. And I think I've shared this this part of the story on a previous episode. I think two days before the party, our driveway that we had planned for months to rip out in order to move it, but we had to wait and wait and wait. And then just days before the party, the trucks came and ripped out our driveway. And then right before the party, it started to rain and it rained and it rained. And now I was 
sitting here at Maplehurst, preparing for this party, knowing that these people were coming, and and there was literally an ocean of mud between the street <laughs> and my front porch. Oh, that part of it was terrible, terrible. But the party itself, maybe because it was so difficult <laughs> for for these adventurous party guests to get from their cars to my front door. The party itself, because it came at the very end of the Christmas season at a time when I think many guests had probably already, you know, tossed out their trees, packed up their their Christmas things. Um, but I had intentionally, knowing we were hosting, left everything out. And I had invited everyone to come and to dress up. And I'd asked for our guests to bring a special Christmas reading, a poem or a bit of an essay or something meaningful to them. And we actually pulled it off. Not only did we eat and, and have fun, but we gathered around the tree in our in our front parlor, around the fireplace, and guests shared. They read um, special things. I think I read T.S. Eliot's poem, The Gift of the Magi. And it was just an incredibly beautiful night there at the end of the season. And it felt like like I had really experienced the whole of Christmas, not just the anticipation of Advent, not just Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with my kids and the gifts, but then all of the 12 days really leaning into the story of Christmas right up until that 12th night where together with these friends, it was like we we said goodbye to a great Christmas and we kind of turned our faces together to the new year. So I've been remembering that um, in ways that I think I I hadn't before because life just moves so fast, right? You the party ends and you you spend a few days washing the dishes and remembering and then you're moving on to the next thing. But here in this year of 2020 of not gathering, I have time to remember. And all of this remembering is doing something really sweet. It is building this anticipation in me to gather again. I've started to dream, hey, maybe next year there'll be another 12th night party. I feel refreshed. I no longer feel tired by all the gathering I've hosted, but I feel refreshed. And I feel like I've had time to remember why I value this and why um, I put energy in this. And I've started to dream about the first dinner party. When will I have friends over for dinner again? And and what will our, you know, will will there be some gathering this summer? I've, I don't know when it will happen or exactly what it will look like, but I can feel that anticipation building. And I think I needed to rest and step away and feel the lack of it in order to have that anticipation be refreshed in this way. So I'm grateful for that. It is a good gift. I love that picture, especially as we are here on the eve of a new year. You know, Christmas, of course, Christ's Mass, like it actually literally translated means the birth of Christ, like the coming of Christ. Here he is. And I think what I've learned from you over the years is that Christmas isn't just the 25th of December and then it's over. That if you and I carry the story through, right, to its conclusion, which is what we always try to do on this podcast, not to take a shortcut. Christmas isn't just the day. It's the advent leading up to the day. But then it's beyond the day, this idea that Christ is born in us. And one of the things we've talked about on the podcast this year is how meaningful Romans 8 has become to me and this incredible live recording where they sing these verses from the passages in Romans 8. And one of the songs they sing over and over on repeat is this line is, if Christ is in us, if Christ is in me, then you have life. 
It's this idea that Christ isn't just born into the world, but this promise that He's actually born into us. The Holy Spirit comes so that Christ is in us. And so, we get to take that with us when we leave this year. So, I think often we finish out Christmas and then there's a sense of sadness, like, oh, now it's just, I don't know. I know lots of people that are excited always about a new year. I, you and I have talked about this. I tend to feel a sense of dread, like, oh, here we go again, like new goals, new planning, like how will I function? What will homeschool look like? What are my kids going to do? And that dread is a difficult thing to take into the new year. But if I can root myself in Christmas and say, Lisa Joe, Christ came and was born into the world, but also like in you, he's in you. Mm-hmm. If Christ is in you, Lisa Joe, you have life and you get to carry life into the new year with you. That is such a beautiful promise because then the gathering is Christ, right? Like scripture tells us where two or three are gathered, that Christ is there with us. And we have that two or three in our homes. Maybe there are just two of you, but there is this promise that Christ is with us no matter what, and that he makes the two. So maybe it's just you by yourself listening. But if Christ is in you, he's with you, then it's the two of you together and you get to walk into this new year not alone. Christ is with us. And so, for me, that's such a meaningful way to think about gathering this next year with taking with me the hope and the promise of Christ in us, not knowing what the landscape of 2021 looks like, but knowing that we get to bring Christmas. We get to bring it with us into the Mm -hmm. new year, into this new land. And throughout this last five weeks of unwrapping gifts, it's been a reminder to me that each of these are gifts we can take with us. So, the songs we listen to, you know, we talked about Boney M and them singing about being in a foreign land and looking forward to using the words and the meditations from the ancient times, but singing them forward, knowing that Christ is walking before us. And we think about the food and the comfort that we've talked about, and we think about the readings We think about what it means to taste and see that the Lord is good. That is always His promise. We don't have to be afraid of this next year. Gifts are something that come with you. You don't open them and then you're done and they go in the trash. Like They come with you. So the hope is that these five weeks of unwrapping these very unique ways of listening, reading, gathering, tasting, seeing that the Lord is good— that they'll come with us into 2021, no matter what it holds for us, that we don't have to feel afraid because Christ is in us. Christ is in us. We have life. Oh, that's so good. We have been singing these songs and telling these stories forward. Yeah. And I, I, I believe there's so much to look forward to. We may not know exactly, as you say, what the year holds, but we can look back and see God's goodness to us in the land of the living and know that we have so much more to anticipate. So thank you for reminding me of that, that these gifts are not finished and done. These gifts we've received over this Christmas season, but we've got them in our pockets now. We're carrying them with us and we're carrying them forward and we can carry them forward with hope and with anticipation. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.